Story Q Podcast, Episode 15. Welcome to the Story Q Podcast. I am your host, Frank Erickson. This is Episode 15. Can you imagine 15 podcasts already? And we just started yesterday. It seems like it, anyhow. Nice to have you along as we roll into the holiday season. We've got a really good show for you today. Our guest is North Carolina native Elizabeth Carmel, also known as Grill Girl. Now, if you know about Elizabeth, you know that she's a nationally respected authority on grilling and barbecue and southern food. She launched CarolinaQ2Go.com, and she spells that Carolina Q. C-U-E, not Q-U-E. So it's carolinacue2go.com. It's an online barbecue shack specializing in North Carolina whole hog barbecue seasoned with Carmel's signature Lexington-style vinegar barbecue sauce. And she launched this site back in November 1st of 2014. Now, this mashup of Eastern and Western North Carolina styles is a first, and Carmel believes it's the best of what North Carolina barbecue has to offer to the barbecue world. While it may be untraditional, Carmel believes that one bite will convince you that this is the best North Carolina barbecue that you have ever tasted. We'll tell you how to get some of this incredible barbecue a little bit later on towards the end of the podcast. Elizabeth is the founding executive chef of Hill Country Barbecue Market in New York City, Brooklyn, and Washington, D.C. And also in New York and Brooklyn, she started up Hill Country Chicken. She developed the award-winning menu, flavor profiles, from the meats to the sides to the desserts for both restaurant concepts. And on July 4, 2012, the New York Times awarded Hill Country Barbecue Market in New York City two stars and a glowing review that read more like a love letter to barbecue and the whole Hill Country concept. Elizabeth is a food writer, a culinary consultant, and I think, first and foremost, an entrepreneur. She writes a bi-monthly column for the Associated Press called The American Table. She is the author of three acclaimed cookbooks. She designs an innovative line of outdoor cooking and kitchen tools and recently introduced Elizabeth's Everyday Essentials line of French porcelain. She is a sought-after media personality. She writes for and is frequently featured in an array of national magazines from Bon Appetit to Better Homes and Gardens and was named one of the top 100 chefs by Savour Magazine. She appears regularly on all three network morning shows and is a guest judge on Chopped and Iron Chef. She's appeared on a number of Food Network shows and hosted her own special on the Cooking Channel. Carmel is the founder of the decade-old gender-breaking girlsatthegrill.com website, and we'll tell you more about that as we get into it. But I think maybe perhaps the most glowing recommendation for Elizabeth's work comes from Stephen Reichlin of PBS, the author of the Barbecue Bible, How to Grill. He also has his own barbecue series on PBS. He says this of Elizabeth Carmel. She is America's female grilling expert. That is high praise. And I think after you listen to this interview, you will say, yeah, she deserves it. The Story Q podcast is proud and honored to present to all you barbecue fans, Elizabeth Carmel. Elizabeth, welcome to the Story Q podcast. We are so delighted to have you as a guest. I've wanted to talk to you for, for ages, and now we are finally together. Well, I am so excited to talk to you, too. I love taking a break to talk about my passion in life anytime. Speaking about that, 
Has food always been a passion in your life? And if it has been, when did that passion start to become a professional? When did you know that you were going in that direction? So, you know what? Food has always been a passion. And I grew up in a family that the way that we communicated our love for each other was through food. And um, so I've always loved food. And, you know, we were the family that not only spoke about what we were going to eat for lunch at breakfast, but also planned lots of food trips, um, you know, in America and, and abroad. And so to me, food has always been a hobby, and it was just natural for me to take that hobby and turn it into a profession. What happened is I was pre-med, I majored in chemistry, wow. and I realized that I could go out to a restaurant and, you know, eat something, taste it, and then go home and recreate it in my kitchen, and which makes sense because food is all about chemistry. And so I had so much fun doing that. It, to me, it was like a culinary puzzle that I started doing it more and more and became, you know, really fascinated with it and also fascinated with the business of food. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm one of the few chefs that, you know, is a chef, you know, who creates res recipes um, and also is a journalist who writes because mm -hmm. uh, I have a column that I write for Associated Press and I write for magazines from time to time and write, write cookbooks and lots of chefs write cookbooks. But so I sort of combined the journalistic aspect of cooking, the kitchen aspect of cooking, the consumer aspect of cooking. And then also I have a background in marketing and public relations. So I'm, you know, combined the business part of food with that. And I think that's unusual because my perspective is really always, you know, what my audience is looking for. And, it's so interesting to me, you know, now we have social media as well as traditional media, but it's so interesting to see what resonates with people. With all that you just described, I would have <laughs> to say that you're, what, maybe 175 years old? You know what? It, it, the truth of the matter is it seems like I do a lot, but they're all interconnected, and it's all revolving around food. And so it's sort of like a 360-degree approach to grilling, barbecue, and southern food. You know, you mentioned... With a little bit of French thrown mm -hmm. in, because I'm a big Francophile, and a lot of my recipes use French techniques. You mentioned that you, you studied cooking, but there's not too many culinary schools that teach barbecue, are there? No, not at all. In fact, um, I always tell everybody that I, you know, I got in the restaurant business, particularly through the back door. And that was through creating recipes for home cooks and being a really good home cook. And then essentially I took those recipes and bulked them up um, and made them into restaurant recipes, which is why I think that Hill Country Barbecue Market is, um, is and has been so successful um, as well as Hill Country Chicken is because when you take those recipes that, you know, you would go home and have your mother or your grandmother make and they were the recipes that stayed on your mind all year long until you could have them. And then, you know, you make those exact recipes, you know, but you just make them for, you know, more than 10 people. I think that's a real rarity in the um, restaurant business because generally in the restaurant business, you look at it first as, 
what am I going to make for 100 people or 200 people or 1,000 people or however many people your restaurant holds? Mm -hmm. So it was sort of a backdoor approach. I love your website, girlsatthegrill.com. And as I was on there looking at it, it's really extensive. I mean, I could spend an entire day just going through all the information that you have on your website. But you describe yourself there as a food fanatic and the grill girl from North Carolina who has seasoned, basted, and tasted her way across the country. That sounds like the dream job of a lifetime. Is it? Or, as I suspect, is it 50% joy, 50% hard work, persistence, and perseverance? You know what? It really is 100% joy and 100% hard work and perseverance. <laughs> That's what they I really go hand in hand. I'm really lucky that I love what I do, and, um, but it doesn't come without lots of long hours and lots of you know, perseverance and you know, really a lot of hard, just old-fashioned hard work. Did you have to battle your way into what many perceive as a man's world? You know what? I didn't even think about it. And because I didn't think about it, I didn't battle my way anywhere. Um, you know, it didn't occur to me that uh, it should be a battle. So if I met somebody and I liked what I saw and I, you know, liked what they were doing, I would just ask them, so tell me about this. And mm -hmm. guess what? They would tell me. Yeah, and I think they told me because I was female and I wasn't going to be competition for them. Well, they didn't think you were. <laughs> right. Well, I don't think, you know, I don't think the thing that I love the most about barbecue and grilling is it's the kind of thing that's much more than just the way to prepare food. It's a community and it's a lifestyle and yeah. it's a culture. And, you know, sure, there's some healthy competition, particularly among the people that make their living competing, right, on the mm -hmm. barbecue circuit. But I really think that it's the kind of, you know, industry where you can be great friends with people and really not compete with them. I, I find There's room for everybody is what I'm trying to say. True, especially in the world of barbecue where it's so open and so friendly. Um, but, you know, you were talking about the fact that, uh, well, on your website, you know, First and foremost, you're a chef, but you're also an author and media personality, of course. But what really intrigued me is how you describe yourself as an entrepreneur. And I think that's the key to all of that. Do you agree? I do. Well, I really am an entrepreneur because, you know, sort of my secondary business that I've done along with all this is I've designed and manufactured grilling and kitchen tools. Mm -hmm. And I did that. Uh, you know, originally, uh, because, you know, I thought, gosh, if I had a barbecue basting brush that was angled, then I wouldn't have to contort my wrist. The brush would keep my hand away from the flame. And, um, and then this I, I created, so I created the original barbecue basting brush that was angled. And many, many, many people have copied my idea to date because this is uh, more than 10 years ago. Um, but at that time, I also wanted to make a silicone brush, which now, you know, we can't even remember when we didn't have silicone brushes. Right. But when I first started um, grilling and barbecuing, they, you know, the brush to use was a natural bristle brush. And the issue with that was 
that you would bring the food to the table and people would say, I've got a hair in my food. And it wasn't a hair in their food, but it was a, a from bristle from, I mean, it was a hair. It just wasn't the cook's hair, right? It was yeah. a, a hair from the natural bristle brush because they fell out constantly. And so, um, you know, this is hard to believe, but I made, you know, the very first angled silicone basting brush, but one of the very first silicone brushes out there. Well, you're you're totally knocking me out with all this because of aside from everything else that you've done now, now we you have to go back to your website and add inventor. Well, no, that's data. entrepreneur. But you know what? Necessity is the mother of invention, and not just these tools that I've made, but so many of my recipes I've created because you know I, I wanted to create a better way to do blank mm -hmm. and. Um, and so, so anyway, I, I just find solving puzzles to be um, so interesting and so fascinating. And then if you can make people happy with the solution, you know, so much the better. And that's really the way that I've approached food. That's the way I approach the restaurant business, my tools business. And, um, you know, that's what really excites me. I love making people happy. That is the fun thing, I think, about anything you do in life, but especially, I think it's the attraction with food and cooking, whether it's barbecue, Italian food, you're just having friends over to watch the football game. You really, if you're going to be serving food to someone, you really, you put your heart and soul into it. It just kind of comes with the territory, don't you think? I do, and I really do believe, you know, that really is the, the best way to you know, communicate love. And I always say that, I create food that tastes like someone you love is giving you a hug. Mm. And um, I really do believe that. And, you know, if, you, if everybody sort of goes into their memory bank and thinks about the times when they're cooking for friends and for family and parties, and it has nothing to do with work, you know, it has nothing to do with, you know, presenting it on, um, on television or writing it for a cookbook, but just what you want to make for people who are coming over you know, you, and if you isolate that feeling, that feeling is, oh my gosh, I want to make something that's going to blow these people away. That's going to make them so happy. Yep. And it's going to make them feel so good. And, um, you know, that's what I think we have an opportunity to experience that feeling three times a day. I think it's great. Uh, I mean, I agree with you totally. And I, I find the best thing if I'm doing barbecue, and friends are coming over, and if somebody says, these are the best ribs I've ever had, and I realize that's very, very subjective, but that just, it just makes you feel good. It, it makes it, it makes all the hours that you've put in seem like 10 seconds. Yeah, yeah. and you know what? It, I mean, it had, that, those compliments have actually, you know, spurred careers. I mean, my favorite new barbecue guy in New York City is a guy by the name of Billy Durney, and he was a bodyguard, and he smoked for relaxation, you know. Mm -hmm. um, he was smoking meat instead of smoking cigarettes, and, you know, that's sort of what he did to wind down, and he, he found out that he really liked it so much so that, you know, his hobby became a passion, and his passion became a profession, and he has a restaurant now called Hometown Barbecue in New York City. And the thing that I love the most about him, and I don't do you know Billy Durney? I don't. But the thing I love the most about Billy Durney is 
that he grew up in New York. He learned some authentic barbecue techniques, uh, particularly for how to cook Texas ribs and brisket. And, but he also takes his authentic experience of growing up in New York and he melds that in his barbecue with, you know, authentic techniques, but with his flavors. So, for example, he does a pastrami cured pork belly that is divine. Wow. He does you know, Jamaican jerk ribs and Korean ribs, because those were the kind of ribs that he grew up with in New York. And so I love the fact that he's making barbecue, but he's put his twist on it. You know, I grew up on Long Island, and for us, grilling was, or barbecue was, you know, the the kind of the round grill, no lid. You light the charcoal, you put two cans of lighter fluid on it, when the grills look ready, you throw on hamburgers, hot dogs, some sausage, and stuff like that. I am totally surprised that there are so many successful and popular barbecue restaurants in New York City. I mean, you've got a couple of them. You've got Hill Country Barbecue in, uh, in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Washington, D.C., and then you've also got Brooklyn's Hill Country Chicken. Can you describe what a typical day looks like for you, or is there no such thing as a typical day in your life? You know what? There's really no such thing as a typical day in my life, and it can be as, you know, exciting as judging Chopped and as mundane as sitting in front of my computer, returning emails and writing, you know, so mm -hmm. it, it runs the gamut or, you know, it can be t I can be testing recipes or I can be creating new recipes. Um, so there's no real... You know, there's no real typical day. I mean, one, a couple of days this summer, I went to Worcester, Ohio, and, um, you know, butchered a side of beef with, with the uh, Dr. Phil from Certified Angus Beef and learned all about Certified Angus Beef. And that was one of the best days of my summer. It was fabulous. And then, you know, we cooked some of it and, um, you know, we, we, butchered the flat iron steak. I took it out mm -hmm. in the rain, grilled it and, you know, instantly tasted it. And it's the best flat iron steak I've ever had in my life. I'm still chasing that flat iron steak, but I think it's because, you know, number one, there's always a variety, you know, variance in, in food um, because food is a living thing, sure. but also it's the circumstances, you know, it was just such a great day. And, I was learning so much and just to be able to take, you know, the steak off the, you know, off the cow and take it to the grill was just a great experience. I'm glad you uh, mentioned Chopped because my wife and I, on Tuesday nights, we do nothing except watch Chopped from the minute she gets home until the minute we go to bed. <laughs> Every episode, and whether we've seen them, you know, we know who's going to win because we've seen them in, in repeats. We don't care. It's just, it, I, I think it's one of the best shows on TV, and I, and I thought it was kind of a little weird when it started out. But speaking of that, does, is it as much fun as it looks like, or is it a hard, arduous day? You know what? It's hard because it's long. Yeah. But it is so much fun. The crew is fantastic. The producers are fantastic. You know, the, the other judges and everybody's fantastic. The, the contestants, oh, my goodness. You know, every single one of them 
wants to win and has a wonderful story and you want every single one of them to win. So it's also very difficult. Chopping people is the worst mm-hmm. part of chopped. Now, let me see if this might be worse. Have you ever had a dish put in front of you where you thought to yourself, I don't want to eat this. Um, you know what? Sometimes some when I go to a sushi restaurant with friends uh-huh. and we order, you know, a platter and there's a piece of eel, that's when I think, I don't really want to eat this. Oh, I was actually talking about chopped. <laughs> but, you know, because the contestants, what they serve up, have you ever seen, have a, you looked at a plate and go, do I really have to eat this? Is this part of the deal? No. I, I mean, you know the deal when you go on. Yeah. And, you know, every contestant has poured their heart and soul into their dish, even if it's, you know, maybe not my taste, but, you know, every single person, mm-hmm. it's real. I mean, this is, this is not a fake reality show. It is absolutely real. They have no idea what's in the basket. Mm-hmm. You know, um, everybody practices, you know, in their own way at home before they get there. But, um, you know, it's, it's really, it's serious for all the contestants. We've talked briefly about your website, girlsatthegrill.com, but you have another one called carolinaq2go.com. I do. So I, I am so excited about Carolina Q2Go um, because I sell North Carolina-style whole hog barbecue by the pound. And the reason that this is so exciting um, is because very few people have a grill or a pit large enough to cook a whole hog. Mm-hmm. And then what are they going to do with, you know, 75 plus pounds of whole hog once it's done, right? Unless they have a huge deep freezer. Um, but anyway, so I have, I have launched this online barbecue shack where you can literally buy it by the pound. So if all you want is a pound, you can get it, um, by the pound, or you can buy it in uh, sandwich kits. So I've got the piglet that feeds eight to 10 people. Then I've got the super sow, which feeds um, uh, a little bit more than that. And then the boss hog, which feeds the most. And it comes with chopped cabbage, my signature uh, North Carolina vinegar uh, sauce, and then the whole hog. And so you just very gently reheat the whole hog barbecue, which is already seasoned, make the coleslaw, and it also comes with buns, Martin's potato rolls. And so you've got your North Carolina feast right there. So if you can't get to North Carolina, all you have to do is order um, the barbecue from Carolina Q to go. And it comes right to your door. And it comes right to your door, shipped in a cooler with dry ice, so it's pristine, it's ready to either go right into your refrigerator to thaw or go into your freezer until you, you know, want to serve it. And for, since this is, you know, a serious barbecue podcast, the real interesting thing about what I've done with Carolina q to go is that um, I've mashed up the two styles of North Carolina barbecue. So in North Carolina, there's Western-style barbecue and Eastern-style barbecue. Mm -hmm. And Western-style barbecue is generally pork shoulder and a vinegar sauce that's a little bit more complex than the vinegar sauce in the East. It has, and it also has the addition of ketchup, which tinges it red. 
So a lot of times people from western North Carolina call it red slaw Mm -hmm. because, you know, it looks a little red because of the sauce. And then in eastern North Carolina, it's whole hog. And it's a very simple vinegar sauce that is generally white distilled vinegar, some salt, and some pepper. Um, A lot of times they put water in the sauce. And so the great thing, I think, is to combine the whole hog barbecue from the east because then you get all the textures of the animal. So you get the shoulder, but you also get the belly and the ribs and the tenderloin and the hams all together. So it's a much softer um, barbecue than, than shoulder, which can sometimes be a little bit dry. And, um, and then my sauce, and because I'm a chef, the sauce is a little bit more complex. I use only apple cider vinegar, three kinds of pepper, two kinds of sugar, salt, a ketchup, no, no water at all. So it's really, I think, the best that North Carolina has to offer. So if anybody's planning a holiday party or thinking all the way out to maybe the Super Bowl, one of the biggest party days of the year, and you don't want to cook it yourself or you don't know how to make great barbecue, all they have to do to, is go to Carolina Q, Q-U-E, to go.com. It's actually C-U-E. C-U-E, That's, I'm sorry. I'm so glad you said that. In North Carolina, people spell Q, C-U-E. So the website is actually Carolina Q, C-U-E, to go. Dot com. Dot com, yes. And, 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 and they can order up anything that's on the menu right there, have it arrive to their place, thawed out, heated up, and tell people, come on over Sunday to watch the game. Elizabeth Carmel has made some barbecue for us. Absolutely. And you know what? This, this is how I entertain all year long. It is, it is so fabulous. And, you know, you get people rave about it. This is all anybody wants to eat. Um, and then I also sell the best hush puppies I've ever had in my life mm. from a tiny little grist mill in eastern North Carolina. Um, the grist mill is almost 300 years old and is still propelled by water. And uh, it, there's no onion in it. If you have to have onion, you can grate a little of your own onion. But I call them sweeties. And um, they're unbelievably delicious. And then I also have really, really good white grits from the same um, grist mill. And I have to tell you, I never knew about this grist mill till a couple of years ago. And I've eaten hush puppies and grits my whole life, and I've never had better. Wow. I mean, you've got me ready to jump offline here and, <laughs> and order some stuff. I, know. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, know. I really, really, everyone am. should order this for Christmas. It makes the best Christmas gift because, honestly, how many, how many scarves or sweaters or gloves or... You know, even pots and pans, do we we don't need any more, but give people a gift they'll really enjoy, and it's an experience, um, and then you don't have to find a place to store it. You know, you serve it, everybody enjoys it, and it's it's over. It's either gone, or you send them home with it, or you save it all for (laughs) yourself. Uh, What a a wonderful idea. I mean, you know, when I first kind of discovered barbecue, uh, I'm a bit entrepreneurial myself, and my... The wheels in my head start turning of how can I get into the business? How, you know, I don't really want to start a restaurant, but if I had a little kind of a roadside stand or what if I made barbecue and sold it just to my friends like every Friday night, they could order, you know, X number of slabs of ribs. Um, but it just, it, it just so, 
there's just something about this crazy business, especially barbecue, that just is so much fun. It's so it's so much breeds family and friends and community. And I just think it's I just think it's the greatest thing in the world. I do too. I do too. I can't think of a better way to spend all day every day. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I know we're kind of running uh, close on time here for you, and you're so busy. I'm actually hesitant to ask any more questions. But what advice would you give to anyone who's passionate about food and/or especially barbecue, and is kind of feeling the the tug on their heartstrings to turn their passion into a profession like you have? I would say just do it. Go for it. Just do it. Yeah. I mean, seriously. I, I like to say that, um, you know, when people ask me, you know, how to grill and, you know, they, they're like, oh, am I going to be able to do it? I like to say, you know what, it's 10% skill and 90% the will to grill. And mm. I really believe that's true in, in everything in life. And I think that if you're really passionate about it and you feel it, you feel it tugging at your heart, well, that's a sign right there. And you should do it. You should pursue it. Elizabeth, I am so grateful that you agreed to do this podcast. Oh, um, it was my pleasure. Because I can, I can just, I can feel the love and the passion in your voice. Aw, thank you. Of, of how dedicated. <laughs> I mean, it's I'm not... so glad to hear that after I've spent the last six weeks um, dealing with things like AT&T. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the, AT&T are three letters that are the antithesis of BBQ. I'm t- it's, it's, and you listen, it's been a washer and dryer. It's been a printer. It hadn't even just been AT&T. So, <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I am, yes, barbecue never disappoints, you know, and it always works. You know, even bad barbecue is good to somebody. True, true. And we could do an entire podcast about that. Yes, we about could. About the various yes, different likes and dislikes and who likes that restaurant and who thinks that's the worst place in the world and... Who likes Texas? Who likes Carolina? But that's uh, that's right. for another day. I so right. appreciate your time. Uh, oh, you're so welcome. It it's my pleasure, really. I had a, had a great time, and I got to talk about what I truly love. And now when we hang up, I'm going to have to go back and deal with some of the um, domestic issues that keep us all connected. <laughs> well, I wish I could help you there, but I've got some of my own. <laughs> okay. I bet you do. I know everyone does. It's terrible. But anyway, this was a pleasure. Happy holidays. Thank you so much for asking. And I would love to talk to you again if you want. Absolutely. We will do that. Thank you so much. And a happy holiday to you and all of your family. Okay. Take care. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast with Elizabeth Carmel as much as I did interviewing her. She's just a a lot of fun. And really, you've got to check out her websites, girlsatthegrill.com, which is I don't care if you're a girl or a guy, you're going to learn a ton about barbecue and even entrepreneurism, I think, from that site. You could spend hours on all the content that is available at girlsatthegrill.com. And if you want to try some of her signature barbecue, go to Carolina Q, spelled Carolina C-U-E, Carolina Q, C-U-E, togo.com, Carolina Q, togo.com, and you can order Elizabeth's whole hog barbecue, her specially designed sauce, and have it delivered right to your front door. So if you're looking to have a holiday party and maybe you don't have the time or or the inclination to 
throw a barbecue or, or cook up a bunch of barbecue for your friends that are coming over, or maybe even it's a, it's a, a company party. Hey, take all the work out of it. Go to carolinaq.com, order up as much as you need, serve it up, and I haven't tasted it myself. I'm going to order some myself, but I, I guarantee that based on everything that I know about this woman, which is as much as you know, it's going to be really good. It's going to be really, really good. Again, it's carolinaq2go.com. My thanks once again to Elizabeth Carmel and, of course, to all of you for tuning in to our podcast. If you are not a subscriber to Story Q magazine, you can be. It's very easy. Just go to storyq.com and become a subscriber. And once you do, each and every month, you will get the digital edition of Story Q. It's only published in a digital edition. You'll get all the great articles, all the phenomenal phenomenal photographs and of course you'll get the list of the podcasts and all the podcasts broken down for you into various different sections that you might want to take note of and of course you can just enjoy this magazine and tell your friends about it and it'll take your barbecue cooking and backyard barbecue entertaining and enjoyment to the next level i promise you it will until two weeks from now, enjoy the holidays. There's still a couple of weeks to go until Christmas. We'll be talking to you in two more weeks with the next Story Q podcast. I'm Frank Erickson. God bless. Yeah.